0: Lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show.
1: And greetings. Happy Friday. Thanks for joining us here today, live and on demand, on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. I am Steve Dace. Todd and has the day off. Aaron McIntyre is here. We've got a full house, though. A couple of guests that will be joining us here shortly for the Dace Group. She is the newly anointed prophetess of jaundiced cynicism. Our good friend, New York Talk Show host, Shannon Joy, is with us. A week ago, I thought she was nuts. Now I just want to follow her around and and just glean things.
2: No, 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 no. That was a once in a lifetime. That's, I mean, that won't happen again. That won't happen again.
1: I appreciate the false humility, but thank you nonetheless. Yes, thank you. Uh, uh, my good friend Jason Johnson, former chief strategist for the Ted Cruz campaign, is here with us as well. Good to see you, JJ. How are you?
3: Good to see you. Doing well
1: we will get started with the Dace Group here momentarily. 888 900 is the number. 888-900-3393. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email the program. That's D E A C E. You can try. Emphasis on try. I believe we have added, what is it, Aaron? 52 likes in four years or something
4: yes yeah. but uh, the, it's the full moon and i sacrificed a goat last night so we're up to like 54 now so that's cool that's what
1: it takes blood yeah. for blood right yeah. okay yeah it seems like the more this show grows the 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 less the Facebook page grows. Have you mm-hmm. noticed that? Yeah, yeah, that, that's how it seems yeah. to work. So you can try liking us over there, but emphasis on try. For now, until we're shadow banned there too, uh, follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. And brand new, if you're looking for clips of this show to sample and or share, go to YouTube.com/slash Steve Dace. That's YouTube.com/slash Steve Dace. Feedback Friday is coming up next hour of the show, but before that, it's time for the day's group. Your weekly look at the week that was where we have literally ripped everything off. The music, the branding, logo, format. We've ripped it all off from the McLaughlin group. But since John McLaughlin is dead now, he won't mind. Plus, they're on public radio. So they're already ripping us off. So I I just look at it as a return of favor. Let's get to issue one. Bleep, Democrats say. I want to tell you, Gorsuch... I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the
0: whirlwind and you will pay the price. Let's hear it for all the people who have abortions. Let's hear it for our trans folks who have abortions. You're so freaking obsessed with what I decide to do with my body. Maybe you shouldn't when I was 19, it was honestly one of the best decisions of my life. I was simply not ready to become a parent, and that's really all you need to know. Here I was, sitting in Los Angeles in my beautiful office of my own late night talk show. Soon I would be driving my hybrid car to my beautiful home to kiss my two beautiful and healthy children and my... Husband who had taken the year off to parent so I could focus on my career. My, my, my! Are they obsessed with our bodies? And I have all of this, all of it, because my, my, because my, my, because my, my. my. I was allowed bodily autonomy at 50. Are they obsessed with our bodies? But wait, there's more. I will never stop talking about my abortion or my periods or my
1: All men and women created by go you know the you know the thing. Bloomberg spent 500 million on ads. U.S. population 327 million. Uh, don't tell us if you're ahead of us on the math. He could have given each American one million dollars and have had lunch money left over. It's an incredible way of putting.
0: It. And for people to use Russian talking points to sow division among Americans, that is stupid. So Rana, go to hell. This oh, is wow. not about. No, go to hell. They've been lying about Bernie Sanders for God's sake. On Castro, I can give you a
4: thousand examples. Bernie Sanders said the same exact thing as Obama. Everyone on TV is lying. Like, oh my God, what an outrageous thing Bernie Sanders said. Obama said the same thing. No, get shut up. Don't cover it. Don't cover it. Don't cover it. Obama said the same
0: thing. Is Obama pro Fidel Castro? Same exact thing. God, tell the truth. God, tell the truth. I will not be running for president in
4: 2020. But I do think there's a certain uh, element of misogyny that is that is there.
0: I can hardly wait to debate him on stage. I want, him, I want people to see me standing next to him and him standing next to me. <laughs> we'll see who's sleepy.
1: He's not going to beat Trump. The establishment candidate is less likely to beat Trump anyway. We just had 2016, the establishment candidate lost to a doofus like Trump. And now here we go, an establishment candidate
0: that is far worse with mental fa- uh, his mental t- uh, faculties under question,
1: uh, his record worse than Hillary Clinton's. He lies a thousand times more than Hillary Clinton did, right? And you're gonna run that guy against Trump, and we're gonna lose to Trump again and maybe lose our democracy? Hell no. Hell no. All right, Chuck,
0: thank you very much.
1: Wow. Wow. I got to tell you, Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib, she she drives a hard bargain or in this case. It might be a soft one. Let's get to the first question. What was your favorite bowl of total depravity this week? JJ, you're up. What was it?
3: Wow. I may have to revise after watching that little mashup, but it, it has to be Governor Northam signing into law. Uh, outlawing conversion therapy. The guy that talked about killing a baby on the table said, and I quote, no one should be made to feel wrong for who they are, especially not a child. Conversion therapy is not only based in junk science, it's dangerous because it causes lasting harm to our youth. Yet in that state, youth can go and take all sorts of Drugs to halt puberty and, you know, cut bits and pieces off Mm -hmm. and and the rest. Just amazing. Just amazing.
1: And, well, I guess his follow-up to that, Jason, would be, Hey, you know what, if if one way to avoid all this conflict is what we could do is after the mother gives birth to the child, we can just set it over here on this table, put it in some swaddling clothes and discuss with the mother whether or not um, she wants to continue on uh, with a child that, right. uh, that may have to deal with these dilemmas later on. And, and instead, just to save herself and the child as well, any of that potential future anguish we can't possibly predict, but may occur, let's just go ahead and kill it now. He could also say just, you know, randomly something like that.
3: Save a lot of time.
1: Yes. Shannon, what was your favorite uh, bowl of total depravity this week?
2: You know, I, I think I have to go with Busy Phillips because.
1: Now, now who is this woman?
2: So Some- Busy Phillips, I think she has a talk radio show. She's a, supposedly to be a, a super likable quasi millennial talk show. I mean, maybe the next, I don't know, Ellen DeGeneres or. Yeah, I got oh, a
1: likable I- vibe from her in the clips for sure.
2: So, and I or really not. go back and forth because I part of me wants to just rip on her, but I have to say, I, I have so much compassion. Like when you see these women, I don't think we often understand what we're dealing with in terms of this abortion debate. And I can tell you growing up uh, in my friend group. So when I was in high school and in college, uh, I had so many friends who had abortions and not just one, but multiple abortions. And I grew up in an upper middle class area. Um, two professional parents. And, and I can tell you that there is such, there's a, a statement I make up on my program all the time, and I truly believe this about abortion, that there are two victims. There's the child, but also the mother. And, and they're both horribly abused in that process. The child perishes. But there, there's lasting damage that ha- happens to the mom. And, and I've always thought that some of the most vehement pro-abortion supporters are often those who have had abortions themselves or multiple mm-hmm. abortions. And and from talking to my friends, so many of my friends, very close friends, the amount of guilt and shame in associated with the process of an abortion, I think some kind sometimes can propel these women to desperately need to justify it. They need to they need to find a way to justify what they did. And I think that's why they're so difficult to defeat. I think it's why it's such an organized movement, because much of it is made up of broken women. So, you know, I think I'm going to go with Busy Phillips. And, and truly, I, ha- I have so much compassion for her because that was not normal. It really wasn't normal what we saw.
1: That is spot on analysis. And I, I know a thing or two about 15-year-old moms because I was, I was born to one. I was raised with one. You know, I've talked about this many times. My mom and I literally grew up together. And, I, and she wasn't in an upper middle-class home. Uh, she was in the, the white trash part of Des Moines here. And her mom was a single mom, twice divorced, raising a blended family in the early 1970s. That's tough to do in 2020, let alone in 1973. And I think what you're describing is why we talk on this show all the time about revival or bust in the end. Because these much of what plagues us in the political arena is an outcome of what's happened to the country morally and spiritually. And, and, and w- when you have deeply embedded, unconfessed, unconfronted, unredeemed sin in your life like this. Typically, we will have one of two reactions. One is to just bury it so far deep in the subconscious and just try to, you know, compartmentalize and act like it just it never happened or doesn't happen. Um, that's one. And then, and then, anytime somebody brings it up, um, even if they're offering us redemption, we just we're so ashamed we we hide from it, feeling like we're unworthy of forgiveness. That's one option. The other option is you, I think. Uh, precisely described is what you see in that clip from that talk show host whose name I had not heard until last night. And that is, um, I, I, want a, a, I want my own form of redemption for this in the form of worldly affirmation. I, I want to be told that what I did was okay, it was justified, especially if I got the results from it uh, that uh, my sinful uh, base desires wanted. Um, then you can't possibly tell me I'm wrong. And it's the, it's, it's the former that I think we see too often in our churches, which is why I think we have a lot of people carrying a lot of, of burdens of guilt and shame in our churches today. And it's the latter that we see a lot in our politics. Um, it, it, it's, an example of it is exactly what JJ cited. Um, it, it's where we get these glaring contradictions, no self-awareness, things that can't possibly coexist at the same time, and yet they are just asserted with certainty, uh, and and anger and vitriol and emotion is mistaken for logic in the argument because we want justification uh, that what we did is okay or the way we live is okay or the identity we claim is okay and that that those forces that spirit of the age Aaron is driving more public policy debates than anything else in our culture today. What was your favorite uh, of what uh, of what you put up in the montage?
4: Yeah, so I was going to go with the with kind of the same part of the montage, the early part. Of the montage, kind of from a, a different vantage point. And it's, it's a reminder that the tenets of progressivism, specifically the sexual revolution and feminism, always, always, always. End up hurting and victimizing the people it promises to elevate, that, that it promises to liberate. Specifically, with the sexual revolution, women are sold that you'll be able to do and have sex with whoever you want, however many times you want, and with no consequences. Feminism tells uh, sells uh, sells women the the notion that uh, you can be superior or at least equal or s- the same as men, and it always always ends up being. Women are victimized through this. You look at all of the ravages of the sexual revolution and feminism, and and feminism sells this rosy picture that was actually painted by Busy Phillips there. She lives in L.A. She has her own talk show. Heck, her husband, her husband decides to stay home from work. Put his career aside so she can focus on hers to fulfill the traditional role of uh, that she would normally be f- fulfilling in a in a traditional family. She has everything. She has every. Si- she's won the freaking lottery right. of feminists. She is part of the point one point one point one 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 percent yep, yep. of feminism. Does she sound content to you? Yeah. Does she sound happy to you? Yeah. No, no. As, as Shannon pointed out, she's an extremely extremely broken person. That's that's and that anger that you see lashing out there is only born out of that. She's she's not happy. She's not content. She has bought every lie that feminism and the sexual revolution has sold. She's she's climbed to the tops of what uh, of this of this mythical of this mythical uh, picture that feminism has sold, and she is still she hasn't found what she's looking for. You two, and that's I mean that's just sad. It's just heartbreaking. Let's get to the exit
1: question. On a scale of 1 to 10, with 1 being as fraudulent as Mitt Romney's claim to be, quote, profoundly religious, and 10 being as robust as Lindsey Graham f- obsession and favoritism of Muslim war and illegal aliens over the actual American people. Uh, rate this week's level of total depravity. Shannon.
2: Well, this is unusual, but I'm going to go with a 10 because um, I I always find myself shocked when I see just the blatant, blatant obsession with killing little tiny babies. It always sets me back. So I'm going to go with a 10 this week.
4: Aaron, I'm going with a 9.5. JJ?
3: 11.
4: Uh, (laughs) JJ's answer is correct. (laughs) um, Let's get to issue
1: two, Order 66.
4: A week ago at this time, it seemed Joe Biden was poised to win big in South Carolina and then be left for dead after that. Now, it looks like Joe Biden could be headed to the Democratic nomination for president. After Joe Biden cleaned the clocks of his competitors in South Carolina as expected, Pete Buttigieg and Amy Klobuchar dropped out of the race and promptly endorsed Biden ahead of Super Tuesday. Bernie Sanders had been leading and or competitive in key states like Texas, Minnesota and Massachusetts, but after Biden's avalanche of endorsements, it cast doubt upon the Vermont senator's chances. Sure enough, Super Tuesday came and Joe Biden won North Carolina, Virginia, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Tennessee, Alabama, Texas, Massachusetts, Minnesota, and Maine. Bernie Sanders, meanwhile, won Utah, California, Colorado, and his home state of Vermont. According to the Associated Press, and as of this recording, Joe Biden leads in the delegate count 630 to Bernie Sanders 554. 1,991 delegates are needed to secure the nomination.
1: JJ, I want to ask you something that I talked about earlier this week. I mean, we, you know, in the cruise campaign a few years, four years ago, we put up with You know, Fox News turning uh, the bronze into the new gold after we won Iowa. Right. Okay, Uh, And uh, and then it was Trump TV when it got down to basically the two of us. Uh, So there's always been some form of of thumb on the scale. uh, You know, we're the uh, we're the gatekeepers here uh, because we have the platform. We get kind of get to decide who fits through the Overton window, et cetera. But have you ever seen in in the in the modern history of of American politics, a political party conduct the operation with full coordination? I mean, they're still dunking opPO research on Bernie Sanders this morning, okay? Have you ever seen, I, I I compared it to what it what life was like in the smoke filled rooms before we had the primary process come in the 70s. We just no nobody was alive to ever see anything like that. We didn't have media, social right. media like we do today is do you agree with me that this is unprecedented in American political history what we saw for thir, the 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 thirty six hour operation by the Democratic Party to knife Bernie Sanders. Am I blowing without, that out of proportion?
3: without no, you're not. and, and interesting you mentioned Mitch seventy two right? There's a great book written, I'm sure you've read or scanned, called The Party Decides. And it was all about everything that happened up to 72 and then post-72 reforms. Basically, the premise was, is that the party continues to, to decide as party elders, through endorsements, et cetera, et cetera. What makes all of that work is what we saw. And I agree, we've never seen it like this before. I mean, the day after, listening to pundits on cnn and i say pundits some of them are supposed reporters just say we're shocked we're amazed how did this happen it (laughs) happened because they proved once again even with someone like bloomberg spending more money than anyone's ever possibly imagined you could spend in a primary that the most influential most impactful source of information for voters in a primary especially is earned media coverage and the coordination to rally around a guy who was basically on a gurney and prop him up where he won states where he had never even visited didn't have staff didn't didn't have you know a, a single dime on the air or digital ads or anything else proved once again that in coordination, particularly on the Democrat side, the party includes the media. It is powerful. It is something to be reckoned with. And they, I mean, they, it was a slam dunk shattering the backboard, without question.
1: When I, when I had the, my final conversation with, with Ted uh, Cruz as a candidate, right, right, right after he dropped out, I, my parting shot of analysis to him was, here's the number one lesson I learned in this campaign. All right. If you want to be president someday, if you want to be the Republican nominee for president someday, depending on whatever happens with Trump, he gets elected four years, eight years, never gets elected, whatever. Just get on Fox News as many times as you can. It doesn't matter that's what right. stance you take, what positions you have. Just get on Fox News as many times as you can. I was half speaking tongue in cheek. Dude, that's Oracle at Delphi based on what we just learned this week, isn't it?
3: That's right. No doubt about it. And I'll tell you, I, I remember there was a Saturday morning. I was in New York City, and I was supposed to go to, a, to a, an event. And I woke up, and I was watching Fox News, and then I turned it to the other networks. And as if all of them were reading from a set of talking points, this was a period of time after Cruz had, run, uh, had won a number of caucus states and conventions. And, of course, the Trump campaign very brilliantly Uh, labeled that, branded that as Trump, quote, stealing the election because the people really didn't get to vote there. Mm -hmm. And led by Fox, but the others as well, all repeated it over and over again. And it just hit me. We're done. We're behind the narrative. There's no amount of money that we can spend to overcome this. And to be sure, as we've discussed many times, as everyone now knows, Donald Trump is a brilliant marketer. And so that made it even more difficult, but it didn't matter. The, the the suits and suites had made a decision, and the coverage was not the quantity, The quantity and the quality, if you will, of coverage shifted, and it impacted Cruz in a way that he couldn't recover. But even that did not compare to what we saw this week.
1: Shannon, the floor is now yours. You were here a week ago. You called this... Um, you were the only one on the panel that did, and I doubt it went down the way you thought it was going to. But you, you, you accurately, uh, you know, projected uh, the, uh, the the zeitgeist here. And I made sure I made sure to Aaron get her back on again this week. Let her take her victory lap. She's earned it. So the floor, I'm going to step aside. The floor is now yours. I, I am just here to take notes. Go ahead. I'll be I'll be typing.
2: Well, I, I think that you guys, you guys identified two phenomenon here, right? You know, we, we watched in 2015 and 16, um, the, the suits in the suites choose President Trump at some point to be the nominee, right? And then they put into practice all of the things that have to happen behind the scenes in order for that to actually happen. And we remember all the stories about Trump's enormous amount of unearned media coverage. And a lot of us gave credit to just the fact that he was a, a, magne- he was a, a magnetic character, that he, he owned every room that he walked into. But I think a lot of it was coordinated. And, and Steve, you often say um, Rush, Drudge and Fox. And if you mm-hmm. have those three, then it's over in terms of, of the conservative base and, and who the conservative movement is going to go for. And so in this case, we have really a same situation. We have an elite, uh, you know, elite at the top who is kind of pressing their thumb on the scale in order to get uh, the, the favored candidate, which is Joe Biden, right, elected. But the big question is why Joe Biden? We all know he can't win. We all know that Joe Biden is the weakest candidate to run against President Trump. If anyone were to give Trump a run for his money, it would be someone like Sanders because he has the same kind of appeal, the same kind of populist appeal and the same kind of anti-swamp kind of-
1: I think Trump. I think the reason that the Afghanistan deal was cut last week, was by He could have cut that deal six months ago, a year ago, at any point. I think that deal was cut in direct response to the likelihood that Sanders looked like he was going to be the nominee and try to take any populist flank that Sanders could attack Trump with along the lines of what you're talking about right now. That's what I think.
2: Right. Well, so then the big question, and this is what I always this is what I'm always wrestling with. And I hate predictions. I'm terrible at predictions because everything is so unpredictable, especially if you don't know what the script is, right? But this is what I always wrestle with. Why would the Democrat elites in position of power who we think want to win elections, why would they do everything in their power to take out the guy who everyone pretty much knows has the best chance of beating Trump? Why would they prop up someone like Joe Biden, who we know is going to have a really hard time in this election going up against Trump? And what I always fall back on is this idea that if you believe that there are people in back rooms determining who the Democrat candidate is and you believe that there are people in back rooms who are pressing their hand on their scale to determine who the Republican candidate is, why can't you then take that next step? And this is where I'm at to believe that progressives in a sense have infiltrated both parties. They've are, they're working together, it's one step above what we already know is the case in both of the political parties. And that they're working together to give us controlled choices right? That there there at some point is some coordination. And I'm not saying that it's, I mean, there's an evil mastermind twisting his mustache in a tower. I'm not saying that they're all handing out scripts in Washington, D.C. and everyone's, it's, it's not that coordinated. But, but the status quo
1: water finds its level eventually. Is that what yeah. you're saying? Yeah.
2: Yes, that there is a desire to keep the status quo in Washington, D.C. And that necessarily means that Democrats and Republicans work together. We see this on legislation. We see Trump and Pelosi go after each other viciously on Twitter, viciously on on the boxes, on cable t- cable news. And then they work beautifully together time and time and time again to pass Obama era style legislation. Right. That you you can't have it both ways. They like on they the bus bills, no one
1: place. ever reads that what you're referring to, just it like we saw in the Obama years. Yeah,
2: right. And so what I'm saying is, why is this? If you, if you are, if this is so contentious and you hate each other so much and they're really, it's never been like this in politics ever. And we've never been this bitterly divided. How the heck are you able to get all these budget bills passed? Mm -hmm. How are you able to pass criminal justice reform, deform? How are you able to pass all types of, of Obama era legislation, expanding the size and scope of government? It doesn't make sense. And and
1: there's a certain, as I've said for years, there is a certain pro wrestling, Element to this, right? Yeah. And they're and, and 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 they get under their heat lamps. Get you know before they get into those green rooms, uh, before they you know before they go talk to Mean Gene Oakland on MSNBC and CNN and, and Fox, and and everybody's got their their preferred narrative and talking points. Yeah, I think most people see this what you're describing. Um, I think they had hoped or thought, and there is some evidence we have seen it at times, but they had hoped and thought that. Uh, an, an election of somebody like Donald Trump would be a disruption of the sort of paradigm that uh, that you are describing, Aaron. You, had a, you have anything
4: you want to add to that in about a minute here before we get to the exit question? Yeah, just a couple of things. I mean, Shannon talks uh, as you know, about the, the script and, and going according to script, and in the middle of it, it seems like you know when you're in the middle of of waiting for something to play out, it seems like. Uh, I don't I don't see this. Yeah, you know, I don't see this going according to script, so to speak, with the air quotes. And then afterwards, you look back and you say, oh, that was uh, Bernie Sanders was a nice uh, narrative misdirection there. So it definitely, as you said, I was thinking of trying to, to find an illusion and, and pro wrestling keeps coming up. And I will oh, just yeah. add this one thing as well. I, I mentioned a couple times on the show this week that they cannot they cannot have a debate between Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders anymore. All this is just the DNC and the powers that be. They're just reactionary, in reactionary mode because the one debate or the 3 debate or I should say the two debates that they absolutely can't cancel are the are the main debates in uh, it, you know ahead of November. So they're just completely in reactionary mode. There's no long-term planning here. They are just panicking, I think at this point.
1: Exit question, what is the most likely outcome when the Democratic primary calendar concludes in early June? A. Biden is the nominee outright. B, Sanders is the nominee outright. C, we're off to some form of contested convention in July. Shannon.
2: Um, I think that Biden will probably be the nominee.
3: Okay. JJ. I'm going to say C with the caveat, and it was just mentioned. The difference here is I'm, you're right. I know there will be an effort to cancel the debates. That's what happened in 2016. Mm-hmm. Cruz never got that one-on-one moment. Right. But I don't think they'll be able to do it for the next debate. Okay. And so, that'll that'll impact it.
4: Aaron, quickly? CNN, or C, I should say. Contested wow. convention? Yeah. Okay. We'll come back and
1: we'll look at coronavirus. What really is the threat slash panic level? And what's fiction and fake news? We'll talk about that in more next. here on the steve day show live and on demand on blaze tv radio and podcast if you are a podcast listener please consider leaving us a five-star review if you like how we do things around here if you dig it and you think it's got a good beat and you can dance to it all right because the more of those we get the more it helps the show to grow pleases the mucky mucks here at the blaze makes it more likely we can continue doing this for a living so do it for the children ours. Leave a five-star review wherever you choose to podcast from. Thank you to all of you that have done that for us already. Let's continue on with our weekly look at the week that was part two of the day's Group. Let's get to issue three, coronavirus.
4: The coronavirus panic has dominated news cycles yet again this week. After last week's Wall Street sell off, stocks rebounded, including the Dow Jones Industrial Average, which posted its best day in history earlier this week. The first American deaths attributed to coronavirus popped up this week in Washington state. Other states are starting to see their first cases as well, as the death toll has hit. 12 in the United States. The global number of confirmed infections is right around 100,000. One of the advisors to the Iranian Ayatollah died earlier this week after contracting the virus. In Italy, authorities are getting set to close all schools in the country in a bid to stop the spread of coronavirus. In addition, all sporting events there this month will be held without crowds being allowed to spectate. Health officials in the United States are urging folks.
0: Start working on not touching your face because one main way viruses spread is when you touch your own mouth, nose, or eyes. And I haven't touched my face in weeks.
4: <laughs> in weeks. I miss it.
1: Yeah, the woman wetting her lips with her fingers while telling you not to touch your face. There's an SNL quality to that, yes. as a matter of fact. All right. But... To be serious for a second, I was reading in JJ's neck of the woods down there in Texas, the uh, South by Southwest Film Festival. They may uh, be canceling that because of trying to bring a large group of people there. The NCAA announced yesterday their Division Three Championships uh, are going to be at least initially. Uh, the Division Three basketball tournament is going to be without any crowds. Of course, the Division Three basketball tournament doesn't draw much of a crowd either. You have the anyway. You uh, have the Tokyo Olympics coming up this summer. And that's just a hop, skip and a jump away from where this virus emanates from originally in, in China. So there are some legitimate concerns there. But what do you believe the threat level is here and how are you responding to it in your own life? And I, I do think there's a major threat to this, but I think it's something that's largely gone unnoticed. I'll talk about that in a second, but uh, go ahead, Shannon, your thoughts.
2: I guess that depends on what your definition of a threat is, and I I hate to say it, but I I guess, I mean, what do I think the threat level is? It's whatever the script calls for so that they can pass really bad legislation and shovel a ton of money to the pharmaceutical industry. I mean, how many of these scares have we had? We've had SARS. Swine
1: flu, SARS, H1N1, bird flu, Spanish flu. yeah.
2: Every year at this time, it plays out in the exact same way. And I can tell you in New York State, the the state emergency was declared by Governor Andrew Cuomo over about 65 cases of measles in one in one county, which is is not when compared to other diseases, a dangerous disease. Um, it, all, the, these, to put it into perspective, I think 60, 61 or 67,000 people in the United States of America perished last year from the regular flu, Correct. right? Strep throat kills on average, 2000 people every year, right? We're not talking about, and so, you know, this is something that I, and and. I go on my radio show and I think, you know what? What if this is the big one? Like, I hate to say this because then, you know.
1: Yeah, you don't. What, you don't. Know you want to be the scientist on Krypton that ignored Jor El, right? And then realized right. he was right before it was too late, right? I hear you.
2: Yeah, yeah, maybe it is. And and obviously, there have been global pandemics in the past, mm-hmm. and they they've been quite disastrous. But. I have been researching and studying the pharmaceutical um, cartel that exists in this country in terms of vaccine law, vaccine injury, and informed consent, and I mean, it's an entire topic that no one talks about in conservative media, but I'll tell you what, I mean- this, to me, I would not be surprised if this ended. And I mean, what did we see? We had $8 billion in, in a bill that we know, we know how Chip Roy feels about that bill and the, the tweet that he sent out yesterday. It's a boondoggle. In New York State, a 42-word bill was passed in the middle of the night by Andrew Cuomo, essentially Essentially, in reaction to coronavirus, which has six cases in New York state, as we're as we're discussing this right now, maybe a couple more. And this bill essentially established a dictatorship. It gave the governor uh, the the ability to legally do anything necessary, anything necessary to address a what what he determines to be a state emergency, not even a medical emergency. All right. Forty two words was passed. And and that's where we really need to be concerned here is, you know, yes, there are going to be health scares. It's going to happen. Um, but the question is, what are we allowing government officials and bureaucrats and mega corporations? What are we allowing them to do uh, in, in these crisis situations? And I think we need to think about that.
3: JJ, your thoughts. Yeah. So I think one of the things that that is driving some of the fear uh, just to, to be serious for a moment, is the constant reporting that this thing has a three percent mortality rate? And I think what folks are overlooking about that, because if it if it legitimately has a three percent mortality rate, even though it's you know the folks who have some other underlying condition, that still would be very high. That by definition, that three percent is is calculated by only looking at those who have been tested and have sought exactly. medical help. Mm-hmm. Right. And so look, none of us are medical professionals, but it certainly seems if you dig and dig and you think rationally that this is going to end up being like the flu. And so what's the real threat to our health and safety? Not much. The economic threat, on the other hand, is huge. Yep. I mean, you mentioned South by Southwest. I mean, I've heard report after report of all these corporations that are count, uh, canceling conferences, and you know the New York stock. Or excuse me, I think it was uh, was J P Morgan that's now taken their two sets of traders and put them in different locations, and you know the airlines, and and that threat, that economic threat, and what it means to the re-election prospects of President Trump are very real. As far as how it's changed anything in my life. I'm a germaphobe to begin with. I use so many hand wipes on a daily basis. I'm 43 and my hands look like I'm 143. But I just so happened to run out of them right when all of this broke. And I have like a recurring every three month order on Amazon where I get 300 of those little Purell things. I go on to reorder because I ran out ahead of time and they're sold out. So it's freaking me out a little bit just because I need them to get through my daily life.
1: You just addressed what I think is the operative term here. Supply chain. Yeah. And, you know, little things, birthday parties, every stuffed animal bought. Where is it made? Yep. It's not made in Corona, California. Where is it made? It's made in china yeah. okay the, the i mean I, I i can see some empty store shelves at the walmarts and targets of the world here uh later this spring and summer um you, you've got hey i know this doesn't mean much to maybe some of you watching but one of the major product releases this year is the playstation 5 scheduled to come out in november in advance for the Christmas shopping season, this will be uh, probably the number one must-get Christmas item this year. Well, who makes that? Sony. Where are they out there? Okay, where probably every single part that's every every CPU, everything that's in that machine, where is it made? And and I think that's a part of it here that where that is being understated if others talk talk about it but it it doesn't give you the political talking point or the the rating scare of mortality rate percentages and all and 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 the things that uh, Shannon is addressing but could there be real economic and this is what happens when you're in a quote-unquote global economy all right, and you've outsourced and 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 shipped a lot of those manufacturing jobs out of your country. Well, when you have a part of the world that um, either hates its own people so it experiments on them, or hates its own people so it doesn't have the infrastructure to take care of them, and something like this occurs, and so their rate of infection and mortality is going to be higher than our own because we have a, a healthcare infrastructure they don't have, but we rely on them to produce a lot of our cheap manufactured goods, all those Nike shoes and everything else, and. Suddenly, those supply chains go down. I think that's the angle to this
4: that is that has not been discussed nearly enough. Aaron I agree uh, and it is it is primarily an economic threat because Jason Johnson uh, just hit the nail on the head that uh this this virus. Absolutely presents as a cold. So, most people get colds in their life. And so, they're probably not going to go to the doctor for a cold. They just think, well, I'll, I'll rough it out. So, that's only the, the mortality rate is only counting those, as Jason said, uh, who have actually reported and have been confirmed to have uh, COVID 19. And as far as the, the real threat here, it is, it's, it's really primarily what we're talking about here a psychological threat. That that's really that's really what we're we're talking about. Because everybody everybody it it, it it it's like a snowball. There's a there's a threat. Well I'm gonna sell somebody's gonna sell their stock somewhere and then well that guy's selling their stock, So two other people it's it's mm-hmm. just a snowball effect. And it's it's really a psychological virus. Um that's that's probably the most that's probably the the, the most um uh, Damning part of all of this—that—that that is what we should be concerned about. At, at the uh, you know at the at the end of the day, it's you know it's it's basically a cold. Yes, it's it's killing people, but I mean, good. Good grief! This is not. This is we're not we're not facing the bubonic plague here, and that's you know an extreme example. But goodness gracious, we we go through this as Shannon noted every single year. So as far as the health, as far as the, the you know the health aspect of this, how I'm changing my life is I'm going to spread some Chick Fil A sauce above my door and hope that coronavirus <laughs> passes over, as the Babylon Bee stipulated to. Other than that, though. I'm not changing my life. <laughs>
1: nice. Exit question. If the real impact of coronavirus on the average American, and not just necessarily health-wise, but overall, like, you know, uh, hey, where are the teddy bears? Or, you know, where are the stuffed animals for my kid's birthday party? If the real impact of coronavirus on the average American were an REO Speedwagon song, which REO Speedwagon song would it be? A, can't fight this feeling. B, roll with the changes. C, Riding the storm out, JJ. What do you
3: think? Got to be a can't fight this feeling. Yeah, you know, there, there's one line in the song. I said there is no reason for my fear.
1: Okay, okay. Shannon. What do you think?
2: I don't really understand my choices. I don't <laughs> get it. So I'm gonna get. Go, I'm gonna go with rule. <laughs> I don't. I'm not like I'm trying to figure out which means what, and I can't. So you maybe uh, you can is that is that me. a <laughs> passive
1: aggressive way of dissing my? Uh, classic rock don't. choices. Hey, I mean, I gave you your run for calling it right last week. Now you're going to come on here and just think you can totally take over. What's up with that?
2: I'm going with B. I'm going to roll with the changes.
1: That's, that's probably the right answer. You stumbled on the right answer there.
2: All right, Aaron
1: C,
4: C riding the storm out. You're hunkered
1: yeah. down. Yeah.
4: You're riding it out. Well, I mean, storms have varying degrees. I hear you. of, yeah. You're
1: riding the storm out, waiting yeah. for it to fall out. Yeah. I hear you. All right. Issue four. The worst and most inappropriate.
4: ABC 13 News out of Virginia caught wind of one of their viewers going through an exceedingly difficult time, so this is what they did. Somebody's about to get an ABC
3: 13 umbrella who's been going through a tough time recently. So we're gonna go meet Mary.
2: The fire broke out at Mary's home on Mill Road in Clover Monday night and destroyed almost everything she held dear.
1: Real
0: see my home burning up and you that night my sister passed away on her way to my house. Her daughter reached out to ABC 13 about her extraordinary loss. And today,
2: Chief Meteorologist George Flickinger set out to brighten up her day.
3: We have an umbrella, and I've never actually signed one of these before. <laughs> uh, you have your own ABC 13 umbrella. Okay, thank you. To you, bringing you sunshine on a rainy day.
1: I just I I every time I watch that I am just like wow okay your your most m- m- most of your life as you've known it is over but I've autographed an umbrella for you wow does it get tackier? Well, let's find out what is the worst and most inappropriate gift you've ever been given Shannon
2: this one was really hard. I really, really wrecked my brain. But I'm gonna go back to um a Valentine's Day where my husband, I call him the devastatingly handsome Dr. Joe. I love him dearly, but he gave me this um a, a golf short a golf shirt and these kind of long khaki shorts that look like the kind of khaki shorts your gym teacher would wear. And it was the worst. It was awful. Like it was the worst outfit I've ever seen. And so that's the worst thing that I can think of.
1: So why not just get you a gift card to (laughs) momjeans.com?
2: That's kind of yeah. I felt like a, a I don't know fifty four year old version of myself is bad.
1: Did You buy an iron? What was that? Exactly. Uh, what, what Steve Martin movie was that? Where the where the groom bought the wife an iron or something like that? The bride, a uh, father of the bride, he bought her an iron. I think it was, was or a dishwasher. JJ, what's the worst and most inappropriate gift you've ever been given?
3: Well, well, mine came from my wife Robin, who is devastatingly sexy, and right. it was a gym membership. <laughs> Ah, nice. Uh, thanks. Make it official. Um, I know dad box, skinny fat, pick your term. Yep. And uh, even better is oh a gosh. couple of months in. Uh, she
1: she uh, got that over at PassiveAggressive.com, did she?
3: Yeah. And, and she's, she's very frugal. And so she went through the process of letting, us, letting me know how much we're paying per minute. For that gym membership, since I've only gone twice.
1: Yes, because that's her. That's her way of also telling you she thinks it's something you really, you need to be taking yeah. advantage of, right? Indeed. Yeah.
4: Aaron, yeah. Uh, mine is is a little bit similar to uh, Jason's. It's uh, and it's been over ten years ago now, so I I feel like I can talk about it without it being raw, but. When I gradu- graduated from high school and I was about ready to um, to head off to college, my sibling—this you know, is a bit momentous occasion—and you know I didn't have a party or anything, so I was hoping for something kind of nice and and useful for for college. Maybe you know I, I had low expectations, but I wasn't really expecting uh, what they gave me. It was it was a number of uh, items that uh, one would use to. Uh, Play various games outside, and and the reason that they gave me those items. So there was like a tennis ball racket and like orange cones, and uh, I don't a bunch of just really kind of tacky sports related gifts because because they were concerned that I was not going to get enough exercise when I went to college. So you put on the freshman fifteen. And I didn't. I, I think yeah. I lost 15 pounds my first year. Yeah,
1: I, yeah. I put on the freshman 150. So I, I, nice. I know how that went. <laughs> yeah. You bet. Okay, so they, 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 that was an act of love. I, I, you know what? I'm, it was from my mom who gave me the greatest gifts growing up. And so I really don't want to call her out. But she once, right when I was beginning my broadcasting career, she was so proud. She went out and bought a book of famous people and pictures with their moms. And... <laughs> You know, you're going to make it big one day. I just know
4: it. And we'll be able to take a picture like this. And I just thought, well, you know, I hope not. She was she had a little bit of Nostradamus in there. Uh, Let's get to let's get to our predictions. Shannon, go quickly.
2: Okay, I do not think that the coronavirus is going to have as much of an impact on the economy that we think. I think we're going to have a few more rallies of best economy ever before the 220 election.
4: All right. There you go. Now she's contrarian with good news. That's going to like it. Go ahead, Aaron. I'm going way out on a limb here, but only because of what we've seen so far. We don't know what's coming next. I think neither Joe Biden nor Bernie Sanders will actually end up being the Democratic nominee.
1: Well, one's had a heart attack. The other has Alzheimer's. I don't think that's crazy talk at all, actually. JJ.
4: Yeah, well, mine relates
3: to something Aaron said earlier. I think the next iteration of this effort to stop Bernie will be an a full court press to cancel the rest of the the democratic debates.
1: Mm. I'm going to predict that serious work on a certain nefarious movie will, after several years of patience, finally begin this year. That's, that's my prediction. So, I think that's a fairly safe All prediction. I think that's that's my prediction. Shannon, good to see you. Congrats again for spanking me last week. You were right. I was wrong.
2: Thank you. I would so appreciate
1: it. <laughs> uh, JJ, good to see you, my friend. Thanks for coming back as well. <laughs> We will uh, get into Feedback Friday coming up here in our number two. Still time to get yours in. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email the program. That's D-E-A-C-E. You can also check us out on Facebook at Steve Day Show on Twitter as well. We'll get to your feedback and more coming up in our final hour of the week next on Blaze TV Radio and Podcast. Greetings, back with Hour 2, live and on demand here on Blaze TV radio podcast. I am Steve Dace. Todd Erzen has the day off, but he will be back on Monday. Aaron McIntyre is here with me as well. If you would like to join us, it is time for some Feedback Friday. Steve at stevedays.com is how you can email the show. If you would like to have us respond to your responses to us, that's D-E-A-C-E. You can also try, emphasis on try. Liking us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, at Steve Dace show. Part one of Feedback Friday brought to you by our dog's new obsession, Rough Green's Smart. Now, did you know that your dog's dry dog food has about a two to three year shelf life and in order to make that happen same thing happens to our dog and our pets foods that happens to our own Um, for mass consumption and longer shelf life all the living organisms in it are pretty much stripped away unfortunately those are the things they need the most the the probiotics same thing as we do Prebiotics, The enzymes, the vitamins, minerals, healthy microbacterias are now gone. That's why we're taking so many supplements today. Well, your pet could use one as well. And that's what Rough Green's VitaSmart is. It is not a dog food. It's a supplement to make your dog's food even better from a nutritional standpoint. And apparently it tastes great too. Because Cap absolutely inhales this when he's given this every single day. So if you want to see your dog thrive again, take the Rough Greens VitaSmart 14-Day Jumpstart Challenge today for just $14.95. $14.95 for a 14-Day Jumpstart and see improvement and a difference in your dog in 14 days or less. All right? So again, if you want to give this a shot, it's the 14-Day Rough Greens VitaSmart Jumpstart Challenge. Go to roughgreens.com, that's R-U-F-F, that's how they spell it, roughgreens.com slash blaze. That's roughgreens.com, R-U-F-F, roughgreens.com slash blaze, roughgreens.com slash blaze. Let's begin with Feedback Friday, and I got to start with a correction, all right? I, I don't know, several of you have brought this to my attention, and so thank you to each of you. I don't know where I got this notion. That Bernie Sanders' wife was a was a physician of some repute and standing. And so, but apparently it's incorrect. Actually, not apparently, it is. Several of you have brought this to my attention. I went and researched it myself this morning. She's like not even close to that. She's just an ideologue. Uh, they met on one of Bernie's campaigns. Um, she's just a fangirl. They got married, she worked for him in his uh, in the Congress, in the Senate. Um, has has it worked exclusively for him in academia? She's just a complete total ideologue. So I don't know. And and part of what she did in academia, uh, some kind of land dealers or, or some deal got her foul of the uh, of the Securities and Exchange Commission, and they eventually dropped their investigation. So thank you for pointing that out to me. Duly noted. I think something I'm gonna have to do, Aaron. You know, we always like to yep. say self awareness is dead. Sure. I have been able to rely on my prodigious memory and shooting from the hip. It's served me well in in this career. It's how I'm able to accumulate a vast amounts of knowledge yep. and information and then regurgitate it in rapid fire fashion when I'm put on the spot, live on the air. Mm-hmm. But as I'm getting older, and maybe I just need to be more inspired by Joe Biden, as I'm getting older, you know, even uh some of those uh uh providential gifts you slow down a little bit and and you just can't rely on them the way that you used to. So this I think is one of those cases. So my bad. Thank you for the correction to all of you that sent that to me. And I wanted to make sure we mentioned that here at the top of the, uh, of the hour. It
4: sounds familiar though. Somebody's wife is a surgeon. That sounds really familiar. Like one, of, who, one of the candidates' wife wives was a surgeon. It who, sounds super familiar. I'm looking at it right now. I'm trying to figure it out. Well, right like now. Jill Biden, Jill
1: Biden is a doctor, but it's like she has a doctorate. She's not like a health doctor. Gotcha. Because Whoopi Goldberg said last week that she wanted her to be the surgeon general mm-hmm. because she knows she goes by Dr. Jill Biden, but it's because she has a doctorate. She's she's not an actual doctor. Gotcha. So, but I I I wanted to make that correction. Thank you. And um uh, hey, you guys do that as as often as possible. Hopefully it, it's not going to be required very often, but I'm always fine with being fact checked. We want to make sure we're giving out accurate information to the audience. So I wanted to mention that from the outset. Let's go next to this note from Dave on matters of Christianity and faith. We largely, you and I largely agree on the truth of God's word. But on matters of and, and on matters of conservative policy, we largely agree. You sense a butt cut. I'm coming on here, don't you? Mm-hmm. Indeed, one is coming, and it's coming now. But without guarding and protecting constitutionalism, we will be unsuccessful in our efforts to promote, establish, and protect conservative policies. It is the Constitution that enables the American citizen in self governance. If we neglected to support and defend the Constitution, we will also allow those that seek to destroy it our way of life to reign over us tyranny of one sort or another while Devin Nunez, Elise Stefanik, Lindsey Graham, and others do not support or promote conservative policies often enough to earn a passing Liberty score. On the issue of most importance at this juncture, they have been leading the charge in defending the Constitution and should be recognized for it. While I agree with most of the political criticism the likes of you and Daniel Horowitz level at these folks and others, there is a time and place for that. And it is not while they are standing in the gap, taking on socialists and fighting against their overthrow of our Constitution. Again, that is from Dave. Dave, that's a valid point. There's a time and place for everything. And so it's a valid point. I will grant it. Here is how I would respond to you. How much do you believe in your own point? I'm willing to grant your point. How much do you believe though? My my follow-up question to you would be, I, I will grant your criticism of my point and grant yours. But how much do you believe in your own point? Here's, here's what I mean by that. If, if constitutionalism has to be protected at all costs, and, and, and by granting your point, here's what I'm also granting. I'm granting that these individuals took this position on the, the fake impeachment that, that they chose to stand for the Constitution here out of real merit and not just grandstanding to earn points with people such as yourself. And that this was such a great outrage what the Democrats have attempted here with this coup of the last few years. That, that they had finally had enough. And they, they were going to draw their line in the sand and say, you here and no further. We've tolerated this. this. This is such an egregious offense that we will take a stand for the Constitution here that we haven't been willing to take virtually at any other point in our careers. That To grant your point... I have to grant that as well. Now, I'm a total depravity kind of guy, so that's a pretty, that's an Isaiah Simmons-like broad jump for me to get there. But for the sake of this conversation, and because I, I sincerely believe your point has merit, I will grant it for now. But my my comeback would be, how much do you believe in your own point? And here's what I mean by that. We are letting courts just shred and destroy the Constitution constantly. The number one impediment to this presidency has been the courts. And the mass expansion of what's this fallacy, well, the whole our whole judicial system is a fallacy, but it's, it's, it's latest small F it's a capital. The the system's a capital F fallacy. If you know what I'm saying there, the capital F, but um, in this case, we have this small F fallacy, this plague really that has metastasized like a tumor known as universal injunctions. And it's this idea that one unelected judge can make one one federal district can make one ruling, and it instantly blanketly applies to everyone in the country and all other districts in the federal courts. Now, y- your founders started shooting people for less tyranny than that, okay? But this this small f fallacy has led to this the stymieing of Virtually every opportunity the president has taken and his administration has taken for the Constitution. They have just found some federal judge from the 666th district of some armpit somewhere, you know, uh, some city where, you know, people, Democrats let you poop in the streets. And Voila, universal injunction. We can't do this. He can't be president. He can't run the country. And the courts have spoken, right? How many times have we covered that story the that's last the few price years? price of
4: freedom. Yeah,
1: that's the price of freedom. Daily, we seem to cover that story. So my question to you then, Dave, would be how much do you believe, if I'm going to grant your point, how much do you believe in your own point? Because why wouldn't you take your point all the way? How come it only applies this one way? How come, how come your point would only apply in letting rhinos grandstand? Against Adam Schiff. Why doesn't it apply to what the courts are doing, for example? Why why doesn't it apply there? Furthermore, how much do you believe in your point with with, with this next suggestion? If the Constitution is one of the primary sources of the rule of law in America, right? To violate the constitution means you're engaged in what kind of acts? If the constitution is the is the is one of the roots of the rule of law in America, to violate the constitution means you're engaged in what kind of acts would you be engaged in then? Anti-constitutional, illegal. Yes, unlawful, right? Yep. Typically, when you break so we're saying you're a lawbreaker, right? Yep. What what kind of consequences usually happen to lawbreakers? Uh Jim. Jail, prosecutions, right? Where where why aren't you demanding that Trump's Justice Department take the people responsible for the coup that you believe Elise Stefanik and Devin Nunez and Lindsey Graham saved you from? Why why not demand the Trump Justice Department, beginning with the Attorney General Bill Barr, the arrest will continue until morale improves? Why not? I mean, the, you know, the 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 Mueller's independent counsel office was indicting Russian nationals that are unprosecutable to prove its point. Andrew McCabe's just out there walking the streets, man. James Comey's just out there, still doing deep thoughts with James Comey on Instagram, staring at trees, making presidential endorsements that the, that he's so tainted the candidate, uh, Joe Biden doesn't want and rejects. They're still, you know, popping up on every cable news channel every night, getting book deals. Yeah, Michael Eganotti's going to prison, but not for Julie Sweatnick, for trying to shake down Nike. That's why he's going to prison. So, why doesn't the why doesn't Dave your notion that the Constitution matters above all else when the Constitution is threatened? Then that's a clear and present danger and must be protected, even if it means aligning with people who are against us on policy. And I, I would actually agree with the merit of that point to a certain extent. Okay. My question then is, though, Huckaman doesn't apply. Huckaman only applies in ways, you know. Uh, our our buddy Daniel Horowitz likes to point out that whenever there's a bad court decision that needs a correction, it's never like Roe or or or, or Obergefell or Windsor it's always like they didn't go far enough in protecting illegal aliens. So that it needs a legislative fix like DACA. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. that these don't seem to only work one way. Okay. And when
4: it works the other way, it says thin as a sheet of paper.
1: Yes. So my question then is I'm, I'll grant you. Okay. I'll, I'll, I will, I will grant Devin Nunez, Elise Stefanik and Lindsey Graham, the three that you singled out. I will grant them defender of the realm status. In exchange, what I would like, Dave, is for folks like you then to demand that the same preeminence on the protection of the Constitution is applied to telling and urging the Trump administration to bypass and ignore what are completely unlawful, anti-constitutional court edicts, getting in the way of it keeping, of this presidency keeping its promises to people like you. And then also demand that the people that Put up the the coup that you believe Devin Nunez, Elise Stefanik, and and Lindsey Graham beat back on your behalf. That they are prosecuted and held accountable. How come this only works one way? I will hell, I'll give them the defenders of the realm ribbons. I'll 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 put them on. I'll put it on. Yeah, yeah now I might you know I might have to move the rhino badge, but I'll, I'll give her one. I'll put it right there on the lapel. Okay. I don't know. Chicks don't have lapels, do they? Only guys, right? I don't know. Okay, I'll, I'll, dude, I'll do the ribbon. Defender of the realm ribbon ceremony. All I ask then is we take what you are articulating, Dave, and apply it consistently. Then, and what? And why do we let the, the? Why do we let these unelected judges violate the Constitution and perform acts of coup almost on a daily basis with these silly, wicked? universal injunctions how come the people that were doing the hard coup none of them are the only people going to jail right now are paul Manafort and 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 michael cohen the people closest to trump nobody else is going to jail for this how come how come it only works in the way how come how come defending the constitution only works in the way that produces sound bites that gets me on fox tonight so that I can message myself as a defender of the realm to the likes of you, Dave, how come it doesn't also apply to telling these judges to take a flying leap. And and in fact, we're going to start impeaching you for this. And then how come it doesn't apply to, and you get an indictment and you get an indictment and you get one. How come Aaron, do you know the answers to those questions? I'm willing to grant Dave's premise. I would just like to see it flourish I'd like to see it applied fully, not just in, you know, hey, I, I want to watch these guys on Fox News own Adam Schiff tonight.
4: Same reason why we can take out um, al-Baghdadi, you know, a, a planet or a half a half a planet away, um, but we can't secure our border. Same reason why we're still in Afghanistan. Um, the, the, you'll find the answer to the questions you just posited uh, in the same place where they keep the answer to the questions that I just that I just uh, that I just begged.
1: And here's the answer. We are not a nation of laws, and we never have been. We are a nation of political will, and we always will be. Lindsey Graham, Elise Stefanik, Devin Nunez, stood up for your interests against Adam Schiff and the Kuocrats because they had the political will to do that. And why did they have the political will? Because they were going to get rewarded with the support of good conservatives like Dave across the country and plenty of access to Fox news to, to message themselves as defenders of the realm. Why, why wouldn't they exert the political will? And why don't we demand they exert the political will to go after these judges, to defy these judges, to indict everybody involved in the coup of the last few years that wasted a good portion of the first term of this presidency. It's real simple. We don't have the will for that. We don't. We don't have the will for that. Because we're not a nation of laws, and we never will be. We're a nation of political will, and we always will be. How come my home state is the only one that's ever taken these judges head on and thrown them out of office? Because a group of us, myself included, had the political will to take the fight on. And the guy who led that fight, our good friend Bob Vanderplatz, who joins us on Mondays, he led that fight. He ran the organization. So a group of us, we had the political will to take that fight on and take the argument to the people, even if it meant a backlash. Do you know why no other states have done this?
4: Is it something to do with political will?
1: Yeah, you don't have your, your state. You guys don't have the political will to do it. That's why. That's why. So, if you believe in the sovereignty of God, you have as much evil as you are willing to tolerate. It's, a, it's not a judgment against the goodness of God. It's a judgment against the complacency and fallenness of man. You're willing to tolerate it. You're, you're willing to surrender to a system rather than stand up for the kingdom of God. You're willing to negotiate with a corrupt process rather than redeem it conquer it we we have as much evil as we are willing to tolerate there's a video going around today of a group of teenagers beating a young girl to steal her shoes in new york do you know why that occurred because there was no fear that any grown-ass men were going to walk see that and whoop the asses of those teenage thugs and punks that did this because you have as much evil as you are willing to tolerate. If there's a sovereign God, we're willing to tolerate it. We're going to film it and and make it and put it viral on the internet on Twitter instead. We always have as much evil as we are willing to tolerate. So we're willing to tolerate Elise Stefanik and Lindsey Graham, and um, who was the other person you mentioned? Oh, Devin Nunez. And I, I have given Devin Nunez credit. His memo. Everything Devin Nunez put, then I think I said this, if I didn't, let me say it again. Everything Devin Nunez put in his memo a couple of years ago, everything he put in there turned out to be 100% true, Aaron. Mm-hmm. Everything. He was yep. right on the money about the whole thing. Everything. And you remember after we read the Nunez memo, I, the question I had Bisa. is, what I had was, if, if, if Comey believed Russia was attempting to infiltrate the Trump campaign, then why wouldn't you alert the Trump campaign to that? Right? Yep. You'd think you'd want to tell him. Well, the reason you wouldn't tell them is you're trying to entrap them. Because, you know, what we found out is uh, that same FBI, when, when they found out that uh, um, that Russia might be interested in uh, doing some nickel and dime collusion to help Bernie Sanders, what they do to the Sanders campaign? Uh, they told them. They told him. Beware of this. They told him. So everything, every, everything Congressman Nunez put in his memo was 100% proven correct by the way this process played itself out. He should be given credit for that. But then you should turn around, Dave, and say to the likes of Congress and Nunez, hey, man, I really appreciate, you want me to give him credit for standing up here? I just did. I'm I'm happy to do that. But then why not turn around to him and say, hey, you know what? And, And now we need you to practice that same courage of conviction on life, on judicial overreach, on securing the border. You know what I'm saying? Hey, when my kids do something really good, do I reward them? Yeah, but if it, but if, if if in doing so, it points out that they can do the other things I need them to do as their parent. You know, you know what I'm going to use that as a teaching moment, and an example to say, hey, if you can do this here, why can't you do it over there? I'm not like, hey, you did this one good thing, so I'm just going to forget all the other things that you messed up. I'm not going to do that, nor am I because you're messing up other things, going to forget the good thing that you did. You know, adults can walk and chew gum at the same time. We can have distinctions. So why not demand Elise Stefanik and Lindsey Graham and Devin Nunez stay on the narrow road they were on with the impeachment scam and apply it more broadly? Because ultimately, what's the point in beating back a coup if you're just going to give the the coupers all the policies that they would have done if if they pulled it off anyway. Then what's the point?
4: I can tell you what the point is for conservative media.
1: To you booked on... Yeah. Got to get... Got to them clicks, yo?
4: Yes. Yeah.
1: Now, I don't think that's Dave's interest. That's why he's dialoguing with me on sure. this. Okay? So my... So I'm trying... Dave, you're trying to give me some accountability. Appreciate it. I'll grant your point. I'm trying to offer you some back. The best way to... to the best way to... Ultimate way to win your argument is to now ask those guys that did you a solid here to keep it up, be consistent. Say to the Trump administration, why am I more worked up about what happened to you guys than you are? How come I'm not watching people and how come I'm not people watching people get the scooter Libby treatment every day? Why isn't, why are we not seeing people let away in handcuffs daily? Why? And tell Bill Barr to stop giving damn speeches about the secular takeover of America and the dechristianizing of America, while doing not a damn thing about it. Who cares about your speech, dude? If you want to give speeches, get a blog. You're the Attorney General of the United States. Other than the President, no member of the executive branch has more power domestically than you do. Do something. Michael Cohen and Paul Manafort could use some cellmates. Don't you think Aaron? Yeah. Yeah. I think they could names like McCabe Comey. Let's just start, you know, I could think of a few more. Let's yeah. You've got members of the state department up there testifying the president ought to be impeached because that he doesn't consult with their whims on foreign policy. Here's your treason indictment. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. All I'd be all in man, all in. I just want to know why we don't demand that. Why, why be satisfied in making Adam Schiff look like the fool we all knew already he was? I, I'd, I'd like to see prison sentences, indictments. That's what I'd like to see. And I didn't even vote for the guy. I, so I don't understand why everybody that did isn't demanding this. I, I'd like to see judges impeached. I'd like to see this administration tell judges to take a flying leap. We're not doing it. Screw you. I'd like to see them keep more of their promises to you that they're, that these injunctions are attempting to not let happen. So I, I don't know why not want him to keep more of your prom more of his promises, be more successful, hold the people that tried to, to disenfranchise you accountable. this conversation I have had many times in my career. And I I really think there's just something unique about the political arena. I, I don't know of any other industry where the bosses hand over their superior superiority in the relationship and the and their autonomy to the employees. I, I don't know of another one. Like do you think the corporate VP at Walmart in your region when he when he takes when he goes shopping with his kids, say, hey kids man, this was our you know uh, our best uh, uh, checkout lady. Come get a picture with her. Hey, hey will you sign this for me? Hey, 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 walks up to the assistant manager over there at the pharmacy. I know you're really busy. Do you have time for me? Could we talk? The assumption is, what you're going to do what I want because I'm the boss. At least if you want to work here. But there is something about this political process where we affirmatively voluntarily accept mediocre for an answer and then try to convince ourselves that the mediocre we just received is greatness. I, I, and I don't understand it. I don't. I've pushed back on this in many contexts throughout my entire career. Number one group of people I have frustrated in my career has been Republican listeners. For trying to get their own party to do the stuff that they said they wanted him to do if they got elected, and would get him reelected, I don't, I, I don't understand it. I don't. I'm just not. There's just nothing tribalistic about me. I, I just, I'm not wired that way. So, I I don't understand that particular affliction. I'm sure I have weaknesses that other people don't and they don't understand why I struggle with those. (laughs) Okay. But this was one, I just, I don't understand. Like to me, it's, it's reflex to say to Elise Stefanik, Lindsey Graham and Nevin Nunez, thanks. Now we need you to do A, B, C and D. Otherwise, why let the cooers get their way anyway? Okay. They didn't, they didn't get their coup. Why let them continue to shred the constitution in the process? this is the only industry I know of where the bosses, we, the people voluntarily surrender our autonomy and sovereignty to our employees and beg our employees to give us attention to, to beg our employees to give us half ass performance and then spin it to one another that it's just, it it's, it's, it's glorious. I I don't know of another industry that operates like this. There's something unique about this one that it does. More of your Feedback Friday coming up here on Blaze TV Radio and Podcast in a moment. Part two of Feedback Friday is brought to you by Keeps. That know, Who knows that losing your hair sucks. You know what doesn't though? Keeping your hair without ever having to leave your couch. So if you're losing your hair, you got to know about Keeps. They offer the generic versions of the only two FDA-approved hair loss products that are out there. That means these products are the real deal. And since these are the generic versions, you're going to save a bundle as well. So how do I get them? It's simple. Just answer a few questions, snap a few pics of your hair, and a doctor will review everything and recommend the right FDA All right, don't get some of that other stuff, you know, text here, get a free, no, 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 no. The right FDA approved hair loss treatment for you, and then it's shipped discreetly to your door. And you're probably wondering, hey, does this stuff work? Well, not only does it work so often that about two thirds of the men who use keeps end up experiencing hair regrowth as well. All right. So here's what you can do about it. Go to Keeps.com slash grow. That's Keeps.com slash grow and get your first order of Keeps hair loss treatment for 50% off. That's right, half off. 50% off, half off. They can even do that math on MSNBC and the New York Times. 50% off at Keeps.com slash grow. That's Keeps.com slash grow. Let's continue on with Feedback Friday. This is from Joe M., who says, I saw the Mr. Rogers movie and the traits that everyone loves about Mr. Rogers are simply the traits of him trying to be Christ-like. My bigger point, though, is how come everyone on both sides of the political spectrum can admire the person that Mr. Rogers was, but such a person could never be elected to the Oval Office? What's wrong with us? This is an intriguing question, Joe. Here's the issue. When, When people talk about Christ was loving they almost always mean it in one exclusive context and they mean it in an exclusive context that doesn't challenge their own sinfulness. So Christ is loving when he dines with sinners and prostitutes. That's loving. Christ is loving when he goes to the religious hypocrites who catch the adulterous woman in the act and defends her against their hypocritical desire to stone her to death. That's the loving part, right, Aaron? That's, that's loving. Yep. Okay. Not so loving though. When after he rebukes the hypocrites and they walk away, he now looks at the woman says, now, now go and sin no more. Uh, That's mean. That's mean. What, What did he just say she was doing? Did he validate her committing adultery by pointing out their hypocrisy? Nope. He didn't. She still has to be accountable for her own sin, right? Meaning if she's not made innocent because the people accusing her are are terrible, or hypocrites, and she's not made innocent by the fact. Well, she did, well I don't believe in adultery. I don't believe adultery is bad. Like, I love that American notion that things are true based on your belief in them. Like, I can I can choose to believe Aaron is perfectly pliable and subordinate. That would not be true. Okay, it's true. <laughs> we just. Can't. We just, we cannot just based off of, the, I don't know of any other place in the world other than the 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 um, wealthy West where people believe things are true on the basis of whether they choose to believe them or not. I just don't believe, it. I'm, I'm sorry, officer. I didn't believe the, the light was red. Then he shows you like a photo of the light being red from the traffic cam. I just, I don't believe that. I don't, I don't believe in red lights. And the cops like, you know what? I'm glad we clarified this. You were going 30 miles an hour over in a school zone and you ran the red light. So, but you don't believe in red lights. So, you know, I don't, I don't want to impose my narrow minded definition of what a red light is upon you. Yeah. So by all means uh, proceed.
4: Yeah. Right. Yep. That's the expectation. A lot of us operate under. And then we're going to lobby the governor to pass uh, color therapy. <laughs> yes. Yes.
1: Um, so in the Mr. Rogers movie, Joe, you're correct. You do see Christ-like traits on display, but you don't see the fullness of Christ-like traits because this, it's, it was, it's also loving to correct error. When, when Christ referred to people as whitewashed tombs, broods of vipers, dens of harlots, it's a nice way of calling them whores, uh, hypocrites, when he, when Christ said i'm there is no other way to satisfy the wrath of god except through me this the, those are loving traits as well they they just don't give us warm fuzzies and so we see a snapshot of christ likeness in mr rogers but we don't get the whole monet we don't we don't get the parts that and even and even with the the softer side of Christ likeness that Mr. Rogers displays you see in the movie even that level of holiness makes some people uncomfortable right well just imagine uh, when you get uh, when you get the full picture and i think that's why and this was this happened in in Jesus's ministry as well there were always more crowds for a healing than they than there were for a teaching and a rebuking. plenty of folks were there to watch him feed five thousand people with one loaf of bread and one measly fish. Not so many people were there then to hear him teach the hard truth of discipleship while they were eating that food. They got up and left. That's the issue. Good question. Here's a buy-seller hold on Feedback Friday from Rebecca Fort. Buy-seller hold, Aaron. She says Obama did the ultimate mic drop. Did exactly what he was supposed to do. Isn't it? Isn't that he would be considered a moderate by today's standards? It's that he set the stage for this step Democrats are taking. He laid the groundwork for this next step of socialism. Remember, they are patient and relentless over there. He isn't a moderate. And he should not be given a pass every single act of his weakened and of his weakened and harmed America and also Israel and volleyed us up. And Biden was right there with him the entire time. You know, buy, seller,
4: hold that by by, I mean, he's the bubblegum cigar of, of the candy cigarette, communism, the candy cigarette of, of communism. Um, uh, a, a sweeter tinge to, he, he's the gateway drug. He, he's the, uh, the marijuana um, of uh, uh, you know, to hard drugs of communism. Do you want me to come up with any more cheesy analogy analogies here? He's just the gateway. He was the softer side of Sears of communism, and I so I totally believe that he he did exactly what he was supposed to do, and you know what? I I hate this. Um, I I for all the things... that the dude was a freaking political animal. He just. Pen and phone, pen and phone, pen and phone. He did not care. <laughs> but you know what? Uh, if you had a chance to uh, shoot hoops with President Trump, Steve, would you do it? Or President uh, Obama, former President oh, Obama? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't but, that be cool? Yeah. but uh, That's but, what I'm talking about. I'd also be like, I have I have a few questions. <laughs> a few questions, yes. If you yeah. don't mind. Yeah. While we're just sitting
1: here, you know, breaking down our NCAA tournament brackets. Yeah. A couple things I just wanted to run, get your take on and ask you about if you don't mind. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Rhonda E says, I read Truth Bombs, uh, that was my last book, and it changed the way I view politics for sure. Every time I see a member of the GOP, I have to check their Liberty score, and it usually fills me with woe and lamentations. I also have to report the scores to my husband, and he always questions the method in which the scores are derived. Now, I don't have an answer for that. I know it has to do with their voting record, but my husband says they could be voting against something that's good because of other bad things that are in the bill, thus lowering their score. Can you please explain... Also, what Liberty score would you give to President Trump? Um, let me take the last question first, Rhonda, because it's simpler to answer or quicker to answer. The other question's simple, too, but this one's quicker to answer. It's I would say it's tough to put a letter grade on an executive because he's not a lawmaker. OK, so here's what I would say. His, Trump's Liberty score is absolutely higher than I ever thought it was going to be when he was campaigning for president it's also not as high as it needs to be to put a real dent into what transpired before he came into office is that fair
4: aaron yeah do you want me to ask you an unfair question why not yeah um would it be plus or minus george w bush
1: oh i think he's absolutely been a better president than george w bush yeah, yeah. absolutely for for my, for my belief system yeah you know, um, and because I, I don't, and I don't really care about the, uh, I, I care about the dignity of the office, but not at the expense of the functionality and purpose of it. Does that make sense? Sure. You know, like I, I, if if you had a, a, a pure Marxist in there, but he was a one woman man or woman uh, or one man, woman, and, uh, you know, was nice to, to animals. Well, cool, but- can you get this hammer and sickle off my sack? You know what I'm saying.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: I, I, I'm I'm going to be more concerned about that.
4: Um, so when 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 you're more concerned about mean tweets at 4 a.m. than you are drag queen story hour because absolutely. of the violation yeah. of norms. He's yeah. violating norms, guys. Uh, you, th- this is not the right arena for you.
1: No, it it's not. You know, I mean, hey, would I prefer that we don't violate that we don't tweet some of those things at 4 a.m. And get the policy, the policy? Yeah, of course I would. Yep. Like, would I have preferred that, you know, we we didn't need generals um, uh, near-to-wells like U- U.S. Grant and uh, and William Tecumseh Sherman to win the Civil, for the Union to win the Civil War? Sure, I'd have, I'd have preferred you had gentlemen like Stonewall Jackson and Robert E. Lee fighting for the blue instead of the gray. I'd have preferred that. Wouldn't you prefer that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that'd be great. But we don't always get what we prefer. You know, there's, are there parts of me and my persona? That, you, that that you, you, folks that listen and watch this show, you'd prefer I didn't have? I would imagine there's a few. I hear about them all the time, right? I get it, okay? But, you know, in the end, I, I'd much rather have the stuff that he's, I care much more about what he's doing in the office, which is why I have a lot of respect for George W. Bush as a human being. I didn't think he had a very good presidency. So that's a great way of looking at it, what you just said. As to the rest of your question Rhonda about the the liberty score the your husband's criticism of our liberty score could be used to justify any bad vote a republican makes well this is a terrible bill but there's one good thing in it so it's okay i mean if you're it, 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 what i would say to your husband is if you're willing to justify especially in an era of these omnibus bills that are 10,000 pages no one ever reads, if your husband is is at a point that he's just willing to say, well, if there's one good thing in there, then it, then, then we can't hold him accountable for the 10,000 things that are bad, then I, 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 he's just not interested in holding politicians accountable because that, that's going to be almost every bill. Washington, is, the reason that Chip Roy is so frustrated with the coronavirus bill congressmanship, Roy, isn't because he didn't want to vote for funding for the coronavirus because they were going to use that to just line up all kinds of other terrible spending and make him vote for that at the same time. The whole point of Washington is to is to not let you have, Corky, a clean cut. Can't get a clean cut. Everything's got to be muddled and murky. So if your husband's defense of his favorite Republicans that he watches on Fox, um, if his fa- if, if his favorite defense is, well, there could be bad stuff in there and so this isn't fair, well, then you can't hold them really accountable at all because everything's got bad stuff in it at some point.
4: Yep. Yep. Okay. Every single bill, could I add something? Sure. Every single bill has either a poison pill or a fig leaf, or it's just bad. Or it's, a, or, it's or, or the c- bill itself is the
1: poison pill or fig leaf. Yes, or so else the, the entire that, thing is bam, bad. Bam, you nailed it. Let's repeat what he just said. Every bill, just about virtually every bill in Washington has either a poison pill or fig leaf or the bill in and of itself is. Now, the way that so the, the now that also means in defense of your husband, there's never. There's never a time around that. Like, the reason Chip ended up voting for the coronavirus bill, even though it was a terrible bill, is because the cause of coronavirus outweighed the poison pills. And, yeah, and, and, and if you're going to get elected office in Washington, everyone has to make those accommodations because of what you just said. They don't want to give you anything clean. Okay? That's the point of Washington. So, so on, one, on the other hand, you do have to make those accommodations. So, the way we get it, sometimes... The way we get around that with a Liberty score is that's why we look at your last 50 votes. So that one bad vote on an omnibus bill to fight coronavirus doesn't suddenly make Chip Roy a rhino now, right? That, that, right. That's, why we that's why it's not just about how they do on guns or how they do about, on economics or how they do on life. But it's your last 50 bills, your last 50 votes from and that's also why I don't ever give you liberty scores for people that haven't been in office for at least a year cuz that means they don't even have 50 votes and and, and that that's it. the the less time they're there the more easy or the easier it is to take them out of context and to be and to cherry pick and be unfair so that's why it's every issue not just one particular wing of conservatism every issue their last 50 votes so that hey i got to bite the bullet on this one and and take the poison pills because coronavirus is a, is, a, is a is a higher priority i got to i got to take the poison pill on this one and fund the troops because right okay that's why we look at your last 50 votes because if you're consistently voting for all the poison pills then you're not up there to fight for conservatism you're up there for some other reason i hope that answers your question Todd writes: How should we, as Christians in America, deal with Muslims in our country that don't hold our values and show signs of not integrating into our American values, and w- or at least what's left of them? To me, it seems more dangerous down the road for the ones that are peaceful being here than a few terrorists that eventually meet their demise. The peaceful ones are still commanded by Allah to overcome the infidel stealthily. That's correct, by the way. Every Muslim is called to jihad. That is correct. Uh, jihad does not mean holy. Does not mean it means struggle. It doesn't mean holy war. It doesn't, and the command in and of itself is not inherently to violence. Um, it just means the, the struggle every Muslim has for the spread of the dominion of Islam. That's what it means. There are a few who say they need to reform and compare the needed reform to the Christian Reformation. You're right. We are, you see that primarily though here in America and in the West, you don't see it in the parts of the world where Islam is dominant. Um, so Todd wants to know, how do you navigate this? Todd, you love your neighbor as you love yourself. That's the answer. You love your neighbor as you love yourself. As a believer for you, I would assume that means that if if you would want to be held accountable, if you were violating the law, if you were violating other people's right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, you'd want to be held accountable. You'd, you'd demand, if, if if somebody was doing that as a Christian, you'd demand they would be held accountable for that, right? Sure, okay. On the other hand, if, if someone has a belongs to a sect of Christianity or a religion, but is otherwise living peaceably and peacefully, um, you'd be fine with giving them that accommodation as well. So the answer is to love your neighbor as you love yourself. That's the answer. You love your neighbor as you love yourself. And I understand the worldview issue. I get it. I talk about it on this show as much as anybody else in our whole industry does. But here's the thing too. We can't as conservatives... And by the way, I'm totally fan with banning immigration from countries that are dominant, uh, where it were uh, or radical Islam is dominant. The first weekend of the presidents of this presidency, Daniel Horowitz and I, were defending this White House on upholding its travel ban. But we have to be careful too that we can't guarantee outcomes. If you want to know where tyranny usually starts, it's when we assume with government action we can guarantee an outcome now most of the time the vast majority of time it is our friends and opponents or some more increasingly enemies on the left who believe that the use of government can can generate a specific outcome we have to be careful on the right we don't adopt this exact same tendency for example if I just ban all Muslim immigration to the country and kick every Muslim out of America, the power that I may give government to do that, to decide that certain religions are okay to be here and others are not. If you are a Christian or a Jew, you should know almost every other time in history, including by Muslims, governments have used that power. It's been against you, right? So just be careful about the precedent that you're setting. That's why you start from a premise of love your neighbor as you love yourself. And what's the only worldview that says that? The Christian one. That's going to do it for a Friday. Everybody have a great weekend. We're going to do some overtime for our subscribers. To the rest of you, John 317.
0: This is Steve Dace.
2: On the Blaze Radio Network.